Habits Podcast. My name is Wyatt Christman. I'll be your host. We're looking at creative habits. Is it the aha moment or is it the habit? This week on the Creative Habits Podcast, we've got Bobby Klein. Bobby comes to us. She's a chief unconventionalist at a creative agency. Enjoy the show. So I am Bobby Klein. I'm the chief unconventionalist of Splendori, a creative agency where we are focusing on commercial photography, writing projects, and design. Nice, nice. Now you've got you you wrote a book uh, with uh, Jack Gillen, right? Called Perspectives in the Park. Yes, I did. Nice. So, um, can you tell me a little bit about the the book? Yes. So the book is based in Millennium Park and Chicago. Jack and I spent a day up there, people watching. And the whole concept is the, of the book is that you and I have a different perspective of a stranger on the street. So no two people think of the same person the same way until after they meet them. So what we did was we people watched for the day, picked out five either individuals or groups of people, just took a quick iPhone snapshot, decided which ones we were going to use, and then we went our separate ways, wrote five short stories about each person or persons that we um, had seen, and then combined it together. And what you realize is that it's a complete 180 degree shift. So give us, can you give us an example of what you mean by the, like the shift that you, you both had in, in your perspectives? Yeah, definitely. So one of them was we saw a bridal party getting their wedding photography done in Millennium Park, and it just started to rain. And I took the perspective of the bride who had just been married and the story, the backstory of how she met her husband and had ended up being at an event at the Boston Marathon. And then Jack took it from the perspective of the photographer who was taking those photos as she was in that same picture that we had grasped from the beginning and how the wedding photographer really wasn't comfortable with herself and taking wedding shots, but then she found her calling to be a photographer. Huh? Yeah. That's kind of, that's, that's, that's interesting. And there's, and there's 10 of these, right? That, that you could... Right. 10 total. Nice. Yeah. So then the reader also gets 10 different perspectives on what visually they expect each person to look like when there's really five different scenes. Right, right. So this kind of segues into your um, part of your manifesto about you know being unconventional or looking at things from a different perspective than you you might otherwise, right? Right, correct. So it's been it's sort of who I am in essence ever since the beginning when I taught part-time at um, Butler University Spanish. Everything was sort of being creative and outside the box. And if everybody's going down one path, why do you still have to go down that one path to get some that same endpoint? And what you realize is there are hundreds and thousands of different ways to get there. And sometimes the 
ones that you think are the normal way, you end up seeing more roadblocks than if you try to do something off the path to get where you want to go. Hmm. So how did, how is that played into your creativity when you've like, what are you working on recently that you, that you kind of take that unconventional approach? So the latest project that we've done was a personal project and based on um, the aspect of love, especially during the month of February and gearing up for Valentine's Day, everything's that we see in the, at least in the American media, is all geared towards love, buy us a box of chocolates. But you really, it's hard to get past that hallmark aspect when you ask people what it means to them. And so what we did was we went around, asked strangers, friends, family, if they would just answer a simple question to us, but of what does pure love mean to them? And we called the project Pure Amore, and we captured snapshots of people in the moment and their lifestyle. And the images were fantastic, things that people were like, well, we didn't even get this from when we get family portraits and things like that. But what you realize is that the definition of love is unique to each individual, and no matter if you're six years old or if you're 85 years old, it's something that lasts through the test of time. But no matter how you define it, it's still love. Right, right. So you, you had fun with this uh, project then? Yes, definitely. It was fun. I'm seeing different things. Uh, one of my friends who participated, who has a young daughter, and some of it was just it's sort of heart-wrenching to see. And she said, you know, pure unconditional love is seeing her husband, Ryan, look at their daughter and seeing everything come together and how they've grown as a family and so forth. Hmm. Yeah, and then it 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 would be interesting to go back to different people over a period of time and see their reflection again upon unconditional mm -hmm. love. You know, right? Definitely to see because at each given moment, it's your definition's going to change. Right, right, and hopefully there's one underlying theme throughout that. But. <laughs> Yeah, that love know. still stays. Right. <laughs> that love still stays, you know. You see, you see those pictures and those older people have been married forever. And people are always like, oh, wow, this is so great because there's so much expectation that that's not going to happen. At least that's what I see. But that's my own, you know, cultural, right. like whatever I pick up from media and everything else. It just seems like most people – don't expect you to last the distance in love. Exactly. And we did have an older couple participate, and they're in their 80s, and they've been married for over 50 years. And when I asked them the question, you know, what does pure love mean to you? And it was the simplest answer. And they just said, absolute. And that covers everything right there. Hmm, absolute. What, what did they mean? Absolute. I think it, it. that's just what they left it as, but it lasts the test of time. You okay. grow, you go through everything together. And 
it's sort of unshattering mm. when you go through all of the hurdles together. Right. Well, that's that's quite a thing to tackle the project of love. <laughs> but you now you have a team that you've brought together with um, with what you do, and and you all kind of take that unconventional perspective in what you do. Right. It seems. Correct. So whether it's between photography or design projects or even in the writing that we do, it's going to bring out the life that you normally don't see. Perfect example with it in photography is, you know, if you're seeing the Eiffel Tower, one of my favorite images that I happened to take while I was in Paris over the summer was I taking the Eiffel Tower from the bottom half down where it just has the arch. And over all the times that I've been to Paris, because I have friends who live over there, it's one of the first times that I actually noticed all of the life that happens underneath the arch. Thousands upon thousands of people visit it every day. People are there for work, travel, etc. And that's where the life really is, is underneath it. But everybody focuses on um, the entire aspect of the arch and its stature and everything. And so, the Eiffel Tower. And, and it's all underneath there. So how did you capture that life underneath? Because there's so, many, so much of it. Right. So um, it's on the Splendore.co website where it has our photography portfolio up there um but it's just it actually there's an angle in a spot in paris called trocadero where it's up on a hill so you can see down and you actually see everything that's happening underneath the arch Hmm. nice nice so now how do you, as far as habits go, because, you know, being unconventional is one thing you, you might start out uh, doing, but how do you stay unconventional? Like what kind of habit kind of jars you enough to kind of pull you away from maybe some of the elements you've, well, I don't want to say locked yourself into, but but you've kind of, you know, over time things, you know, go into a certain groove. So what 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 habit do you keep in place to keep an unconventional? Right. So habits form, like always, but, and especially in the city of Indianapolis, it's a smaller metropolitan city in comparison to Chicago or New York here. But one thing that I always do is reach out to people. I am talking to strangers all the time. I've worked numerous events for sports and different aspects in events in the community for branding. And I'm always had to talk to people. And most of the time they're a stranger. I always look back to the times when my parents had told me, you know, you never want to talk to strangers. And I look at what I'm doing now and almost every single day I have a conversation with somebody who I've never met before. And you feel no fear in that because that's what your mother and everybody else would want you to feel is the sense that if you talk to them, bad things will happen. So, I, I, you know, right. you, you never felt that fear. You, you, you still are very 
uh, open. Uh, right. Very outgoing, bubbly. The other day we were having family brunch outs at a cafe and this lady recognized a logo on my shirt that I was wearing and she just had a question about it. And we ended up having a five minute discussion until their table was ready. And my mom looks at me after this lady had left. She goes, do you know her from the gym or have you seen her out and about? And I was like, I've never seen this lady in my entire life. And it's just being open to that where other people would think it is odd or strange or always put up that roadblock of, you know, well, what's going to happen to me if I talk to them? But I look at it as an opportunity to share life and love um, and maybe there's some way that I can help them. I've gotten to know tremendous people throughout this world just by being open and asking questions and starting the conversation with different people. Nice. I've, I get that feeling a lot more so when I'm traveling. And I think that when you're traveling, there's an outward uh, expansiveness because you're you are out there and you're you're looking at everything differently and and I think it's interesting you take that that simile you bottle that that what would I would call the travel expansion and mm-hmm. it's always with you wherever you go so you you find those connections um you, you know throughout everybody that you meet it sounds like then right most definitely and sometimes you never know how people are going how you can impact somebody else's life or even they may know something for you. I know in the sense of business, when I first returned from Barcelona from doing my master's program and I was working at the men's final four tournament in college basketball here in Indianapolis for a brand's doing event marketing. And just one day after our shift hours were over. I had gone to a local um, wine bar and was going to just have a glass of wine before I headed home. And I ended up meeting um, two gentlemen who knew everybody in the sense of international relations and public policy. We had a lot of things in common and aspects of business. They had already owned businesses. And by the end of the night, they they connected me with everybody from Duke, um, Duke's president, alumni, a chairman, to the head coach of Michigan State basketball. It was just a whole night of connecting. Whereas if I would have said, you know, I'm not going to talk to anybody and just have my glass of wine, then that would never have happened. And I still want to be in contact with those people who are mentors to me today in the world of business. Uh, I'm betting it sounds like that technology had a huge hand in that instantaneous connection that happened in the moment, right? (laughs) Right. Yeah, technology. I love it. I love it. I mean, we wouldn't have this podcast without it. But uh, so you you take that that energy, um, and is that what makes you actively – uh, you know, continue to produce or to create is you, um, you know, you're putting yourself out in the world uh, when you're out talking to people. And when you create, it's almost like you're putting yourself out in the world. Is that kind of am I going along, along the right, right lines yeah, here? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, every day is a new day. And we have today to make for it. 
And when you put yourself out there and you know that, yes, I'm in this and I'm 100% all in, then you'll give it your all. I mean, I compare it, um, I've told my family and so forth, because my background's quite diverse when it comes to education. And, you know, I always say, you know, if you put me into a cu- office cubicle, that's like a jail sentence to me. Hmm. Like, I'll never do it. I could go work in a chemistry lab for pharmaceutical industry, but in being by myself, just sitting there all day pipetting chemicals and testing it, that's just not who I am. So the active force of creating is inherent and there's always motivation to explore and see what's out what is out there so when do you um so cubicle wouldn't be your style but do you go to a certain place to create uh in in do you keep um that place a certain way or do you try to move around and create wherever you can if we get into the habit of doing something all the time at the same place in the same location, I feel like the creativity is is stifled. Hmm. So whether it's going to a different coffee shop than normal or going to a different location in the city, if I am still here in Indianapolis, then I'll go maybe outside and work. You know, I really like that. I really like that. I want to. I want to incorporate that one. That I like. Um, you know, the idea of moving to different places to create. But how do you stay focused? Like, because if you do take those other places, you know, uh, do you find there's so many distractions? I mean, I like to focus and and like I'll put on headphones and like zone in. Do you do you find? I mean, what about for you? Is is focus an issue when you are out and about? Not really. If anything, it's when I absolutely have to get stuff done. And then the people who I know who I've met at the coffee shop over time end up having conversations with me. And it's like, okay, well, I really need to work on this project today. But then I step back and I realize I was like, isn't this what it's all about, though, is interacting with people. I haven't really had a problem with focusing because I did teach on a college campus. So you have always been bombarded with students asking questions and there's never really a quiet moment in that sense so you get you grow with it and you adapt hmm hmm nice so uh, what about what about journey now you're familiar with the hero's journey i looked at it but i'm not super familiar with it okay so i um the hero's journey, basically, it's a the core of what uh, a lot of stories wrap themselves around. And and it, um, I came across or came from um, Joseph Campbell, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, he, he looks at uh, the journey in terms of mythology and how um, most um, you, you know characters go through a period where they're 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 forced into a situation where they have to go beyond their their usual boundaries and they they go out in, into a different world or place 
and they have this experience that they're able to bring back magic or something, some elements that allow them to conquer some of the fears or the obstructions that they had originally within their their um, regular location. So it, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of abstract, but it's a lot of what movies and stories, it's the core of what they're based around is, is a character having to go out, they're pulled out, not necessarily <laughs> by choice. And... But but it's a great experience, and they and they come back really rejuvenated. And I find that through creativity, there, there's a, a micro and a macro to this. There, there's the the those creative journeys that you might have where you you go to another place and come back with something, and and then there's the the larger journeys where you might go to another country and and come back and and have that. So I'm wondering if you if there were some journeys uh, on a micro or macro level that you felt. Um, gave you you know maybe you can maybe gave you some scars but or or maybe it just gave you different perspectives that you were able to come back with and really just put your life on fire yeah definitely the one that stands out to me is when i moved to barcelona and did my masters i didn't really know anybody i had traveled there one time before on a study abroad trip and fell in love with it, decided that I was going to get a master's in international relations and international economics. And I thought, what better place? And every day was an experience. I made great friends who now live all over the world. And they were from all every country imaginable except Antarctica there. And it was a wonderful experience. But Every day was something different. I mean, I recently batted on my personal blog that after I'd moved there, it was about a month into it, and I was just going on my normal beach runs. A construction worker decided to chase me as I started out running with a large toolbox. And many proceeded to think that I was a prostitute. And that was just beyond me. <laughs> And that was one of the things where I was like, hold on, did this really happen? <laughs> and and like it was one of the stories that you don't tell your mom until you get back and you've been home for over a few months. And you immediately ran back. I had some friends who worked at the Hilton Diagonal Mar there. And they'd become sort of like my family. And I had asked them after I cut the beach run short, I could only make it part of the way. And I was like, I can't take this anymore. You know, what's happening? And I ran over there and I was like, guys, did this really happen? Did this guy really think I was a prostitute just in running clothes as I'm blatantly going out for a run? And they're like, welcome to Barcelona. Don't you go inside and grab a glass of juice? And that sort of started it off with the random experiences. So I've grown to be in tune with it and accept it. You know, you never know what's going to happen one day to the next. And you can live it mundanely. And you see it now in the education and 
industry here, whether you're in elementary or the collegiate level of every day's the same and everybody's teaching for a standardized test. But once you try to push and go out of the box, you see that there's endless possibilities. Nice, nice. You know, when I was laughing, I'm sorry, but I, I for no, some reason, the hysterical. image of this guy in this <laughs> toolbox and then, but it, but it's not necessarily, it could potentially not be very funny at all. So I, I apologize if I, for some no, reason. No, no, looking it's, back it's, on it, it's hysterical. Like, it's my trump card to any conversation. Right, the, right. It's, everybody's like, oh, who's had the craziest life experience? I'm like, well, nobody can really top that one. And it, it's it, one of those things that you just have to live with. And right. I still got back there and kept running after that. Oh, you, oh, you did. That's that's good. I mean, it's good, yeah. hopefully. But I, you know, I watched this a part of this French little short French um, thing on YouTube where the roles were reversed, you know, <laughs> so the the man was getting harassed, you know, and and it, it right. flipped the stereotype. And and so it was kind of interesting because those kind of dynamics, you know, you kind of get uh, sick of it. And it doesn't matter if it's one side or the other. It's kind of just obnoxious. So that's what the film was, was kind of right. portraying. But um yeah, That's I'm funny. surprised. So you, how did you get around like going back out and running? Because I, I wouldn't think, you know, like, did you not go back to that one place or did you? No, well, I couldn't avoid it because it was on my street. So it, it was quite, the whole encounter was funny looking back on it because there's a little old lady who watched the whole thing happen and I knew it was a safe place to stop because she was there waiting at the corner to make sure if anything happened, she would somehow hit him with her heavy uh, handbag. <laughs> and then there was a, a gas station right across the street. So I was like, well, if I'm going to stop, this is the best place because he's already kept up with me for two blocks. <laughs> um, but that is... It, you just have to live life. And if you stop living, then that's when you give up. Then gone back out running or try to avoid that one area of town or something, you know, you stop living in a section. You have to give, have faith that things will happen and that everything will turn out all rights and you will succeed the moment you have fear that's when your the amount of love that you have slowly decreases wow that's yeah that's pretty uh it's pretty true definitely fear it's one of those uh it's one of those killers of creativity really and that's one of the reasons why i think creative habits kind of help around that not around that but it it helps get burned through that almost because if you if you have some structure with your habits some freedom but structure at the same time right you know right you have to cut out that time if it's a day where i'm focusing on writing like today where it's freezing cold and sleeting outside then you have to make yourself wake up in the morning and write a thousand words or just sit back and realize, you know, if I don't create something today or if I don't work towards something, then what have I done? 
Right, right. And it's okay to produce garbage. Right, exactly. And that's how you learn. Right. And even even when you get good, it's okay to produce good. Like you burn through through that, uh, whatever stuff comes up. Yeah. So, Definitely. yeah. So it's, I, your world is, sounds amazing. I, I love it. You're out there. You're just out there and you're going different places and you're outgoing bubbly and, and, and you're creating and it's, uh, it's, it's great. So what, what about for, I mean, from what we've covered already, what what kind of advice would you would you give everybody, um, you know, in terms of their creative habits besides what we've already covered? If you have the gut instinct in yourself to do something, go with it. No matter what the world tells you otherwise, you won't be fulfilled until you do it. People can tell you, you know, you may not be able to pay the bills and it may be a scary road out there. But if you have the drive and you know it in your gut and your heart that it's the right thing to do, don't question it. Ah, but I was reading in your in your in your site that you there have been a couple times when you you did come back and question a little bit, but you kept going. What what allowed you to keep going? Like you did have because we all have that question and, and you do want to have that, right. that undying faith that, OK, you know what? This is what I'm meant to do. I'm gonna do it, no matter the obstacle. But, but when those doubts come up, the fears, or whatever. So, those couple moments you mentioned. What? How, how did? Uh, when those moments came up, uh, what? Um, what brought you through? Definitely having faith and faith in God has helped tremendously, and the support of my family. I mean, they've sort of been a backbone, even when they questioned. It at times we're like, are you sure this is the right thing? And leaving a safety net of teaching part time. And I was like, yeah, because in reality, teaching part time still didn't pay all of my bills. I still had to do all sorts of other things too. And when you get to that point and realize that it will be okay. And people before you who have done the same thing and the journeys they've been on have survived. It makes it that much more accessible to you. I remember having a great conversation with AJ Leon about everything right before I left teaching. And you'll be okay. It may be scary, but just go for it. And let me know once your personal side is live and so forth. And I said, okay. And at that time, you know, once you see other people who have made it and they started out at the same place that you were starting out, it makes it a realization that you can achieve that as well. Mm, but how long do you keep going? I mean, you just go until you you make it. But but you know, let's say it just you were like, well, I don't know, you know, I and you know how how long? How do you know your idea is the minimal viable idea or the the one that's going to really you know catch fire or whatnot? How do you know when to pivot? How do you know when to you know? Have you gotten some clues as to as to when that might be in your journey? That that okay. I've I've come upon a certain I'm not giving up, but I need to pivot a little bit. Right. An instance of that was 
this past week, I had my own Shopify store for selling photography prints. And it wasn't getting the traction that I needed. So it was a pivot point for me. Yes, I know that people love photography prints. So a better way to reach more people and a greater reach was to put them on Etsy instead of having it on a private site. And Etsy generates millions of users a day and visitors on that site. So that was sort of like a no-brainer situation. When you start to see things aren't working, then that's when you pivot. That's when you say, okay, well, I know it's still a great idea, but I'm going to turn just a little bit and maybe this push will help it. Hmm. So, yeah, so you're constantly... You, you 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 reconnect and say, do I need to pivot here? What where is it working? And um, so, do you have a habit where you um, reflect on a regular basis and and how long is it, or do you just is it more spontaneous? It depends. It's if you see the trends over six months that something's not working, then it's time to sort of transition and pivot. Otherwise, if you're saying, if you have that inner feeling that, okay, this may not be the right way to go, but I feel this one's going to be better. And whether it's prosperous or you have a better connection with life or work-life balance, whatever it may be, then that's when you need to pivot as well. So it's a mix between trends as well as spontaneity. Nice. Yeah. So uh, why the six months? Just curious. <laughs> well, I mean, you can't, it has to be, it may not be six months, but it has to be a larger sample than just like one week or one month of putting it out there. Right. 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 It, it's interesting. You have to give it time to mesh. Right. I like I like your idea of, of mixing that time with a little bit of gut feeling, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. That concludes our podcast here with Creative Habits. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Right, stay tuned next week on the Creative Habits podcast. We get to talk to a strategic storyteller.